Hi, this is Pastor Bobby Andian. When Jesus went to the cross, he not only went there to save you from sin, but also from sinning, to give you power every single day. Want to come join me in the Word of God? Let's do it together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Great to have you here today. For those of you joining us for the first time, welcome. Glad to have you here. You're joining a great group of people who've been watching for years and some for a few months or whatever. We haven't spread out all over the place. You know, I pastored for 33 years and I could often greet people, you know, that are there for the first time, but then just ask, well, haven't you only been here for a month and hands go up? Two months, hands go up or a year or less and so hands go up. So again, just welcome to this great group of people that are watching the show and, and growing from the Word of God. My broadcast is a little bit different because a lot of times people, you know, they zero in on us. We have a prophet over here and we have a missionary over here that did, deals with soul winning things. I'm a pastor. And uh, even though I've stepped down from pastoring, I'm still called pastor. I figure if past presidents are still called president, I'm still a pastor. And the point of it is, is that as a pastor, I taught throughout the entire Bible. Uh, Sunday mornings, I taught topics, and I taught on faith, and I taught on love, and I taught on the grace of God, and and home and, and relationships, and things like that. But on Sunday evening, I taught from the Old Testament. And on midweek service, Wednesday night, I taught a New Testament, verse by verse, and just really had a great time. But I can tell you this, there's no greater way to grow in the Word of God than taking it verse by verse. My One of my pet scriptures is Isaiah 28 with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to this people and it's line upon line, precept upon precept. And I tell people the best way to study the word I know is to study it one line at a time and then pray in the spirit. Another few lines at a time and pray in the spirit because the author of the book lives in you and can reveal things to you from the word of God. And so that's what I did. And so going throughout the entire Bible, that's what I'm doing here. We just go through sections of scripture and take different thoughts, different insights from other parts of the word of God. And so that's what makes this broadcast unique. And I trust that you'll find it to be the same way. There's other great broadcasts out there. I just like to think that I'm unique in that one respect, being again from a pastoral background. Today, I want to talk to you about being saved from sin's power. I've taught on this section of verses before, but I taught on it in comparison the old covenant with the new covenant. And that's where he talks about we have so great salvation. But today, I want to really zero in on that word salvation and talk to you about what the Word of God has to say. And I'm going to talk to you today not only about salvation, that we have been saved when we received Jesus. But there is a daily salvation and a future salvation yet to come. All wrapped up in that phrase, so great salvation. Hebrews chapter two, let's take a look at verses one through three. It says, therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip or we should let them drift away. Verse two, for if the word spoken by angels, this was the law in the Old Testament, if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and every disobedience received a just recompense or a payback of reward, how shall we escape? If we neglect or ignore so great salvation, which at the first begun to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them, that was the apostles, 
disciples that heard him. So whoever wrote this book, and I believe it's Paul, was like a step down from Jesus in that there was a group of people between him and Jesus. He said that where I heard it from was by those who traveled with him, those who were again with him and heard him, then I heard it from them. So we have here the author saying this. He says in the Old Testament, because of what angels gave in the law, that anybody that transgressed the law and was disobedient received a just payback of reward. In other words, what they did was paid back to them. He goes on to say, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? What's compared to the New Testament and the Old Testament here is even salvation today is greater, not the end result of it. You still get to go to heaven, and today Old Testament saints are in heaven, but even then, they accepted the Lord, but they don't have all the blessings we have. Let's take some of them. We were in the church. Uh, there was no church in the Old Testament, part of the body of Christ. There was no body of Christ in the Old Testament. Uh, there was no uh, Holy Spirit living in us, and that's happened in the New Testament. We become the temple of the Holy Spirit. I could go down the list of things that have changed from the Old Testament to the New, although the receiving of it was the same, which is by simple faith. Abraham received by faith, David received by faith, and all those heroes in Hebrews chapter chapter 11, by faith, Abel, Enoch, Noah, Moses, they span the different dispensations. And by the time we come to the New Testament, the means of salvation is still exactly the same, but the results are so much better today in all that God poured out upon us because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. And that's why verse three says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? In other words, you think it was good in the Old Testament, man, it is so much greater today, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, that's Jesus telling us about the new birth coming in Nicodemus in chapter three of John. He said, you must be born again. And then he goes on, confirmed unto us by them that heard him. And so what we're saying here is salvation is really greater in the New Testament than the Old Testament. And that's the results of it. Again, the fact that they're in heaven is there, but while we're here on this earth, the different things have been given to us through the new birth far outweigh what they had in the Old Testament. Let's take a look at it. Salvation for us is both past and present, but also future tense. We were saved by faith, and that's the moment we received Jesus. With me, it was many, many years ago. Uh, when I was five years old, I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And at five years old in vacation Bible school, I received him. And then from that time on, I've been growing in the things of God. I just had a thirst for the and hunger for the Word of God. And if you gave me time and not much to do, I would study the Word of God and still do today. I mean, I just got back here just a day or two ago from a minister's conference. I didn't speak at, I just went to, to attend. And I said, and the things I would learn there, I'd go back to my room and study, study, study. And listen, honestly, I mean, if there's things I used to do, play racquetball and bowl and things like that, and just had certain pleasures in my life that today don't mean anything to me compared to study of God's word. And so it's first of all, past tense. I received Jesus as Lord and Savior, but there is a present tense salvation going on of which we're gonna talk about today, that we have been redeemed from sin's power. Not not only was I saved from my sins, but God also saves me from sinning and gives me the power to walk each day. And yet there's a future salvation yet to come. And that will be when I receive a resurrection body at the rapture of the church. And this mortal will put on immortality. This corruptible will put on incorruption. And at that time, the body I will have then will have no tendency towards sin. And so we're gonna talk about today, why have I been saved from the power of sin today? It's because sin is still present, even though I am born again. And 
you know, that's why you find Christians sinning. Now, the sins they commit as a Christian do not remove salvation from them, but they do remove the uh, rewards and the joy of your salvation. This is all found in 1 John, the first chapter. Verse 4 says, these things we write unto you that you sin not. And so that's the purpose of it. And verse four talks about that God wants us to, he wants to restore back to us the joy of our salvation, of which David thanked God for was the joy of his salvation. And so the Lord wants to restore our joy back. And this comes from the fact that if we don't sin, there's a joy attached to that. Sin always brings with it a lack of joy. There's always a disappointment that comes, and especially with a Christian, because you've got the new nature on the inside of you, but Christians do sin. We're going to talk about this. So not only have I been saved from sin, and that was when I got born again, not only am I saved daily from sinning by the power that I walk in, the power of the Word of God, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, the Bible talks about that your word have I hid my heart that I might not sin against God. And that was David as a believer, not before he was saved, but after he was saved. And then we go on besides that, that there's not only the fact that I've been given power over sin and sin was removed from me at salvation, but I can walk free from sin in my daily life by first of all, the power of the word. But next of all, if I walk in the spirit, I do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So two great things given to me when I was born again that I didn't have as a sinner was the understanding and revelation of the word of God. A sinner can read the word of God, but the Bible says to him, it's just foolishness. He doesn't understand it. And you have to be born again so that the Holy Spirit in you can bear witness with the word of God that was written. But then next of all, I have the Holy Spirit who lives in me, who gives me power. And if I walk in the spirit, I will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And all that's given to me because God not only wants me to be free from sin at salvation, he wants me to walk free from sin. And to be honest with you, let me just give you God's goal for you. God's goal for you is this, these things write we unto you that you sin not. God's goal for you in this lifetime, not when you get to heaven in this lifetime, is that you walk in a life where you never sin. You say, is that possible? Well, a According to God, it is, but I don't know if anybody outside of Jesus has done it. And my whole thing is God wants you to set the standard high. He wants the bar to be way up here in your Christian life and understand that if the bar is that high, then listen, I can get closer and closer and closer, but that's my goal. And I, I've said this before, I'd rather shoot for the moon and miss it than to shoot for the ceiling and make it. And too many Christians set such a low standard in their life because it's easy to attain. And God wants to set us out there where in the natural, it seems impossible that Bob would never sin again in this lifetime. The point of it is you have to look back over your Christian life and understand this. Have I made progress? Am I better today than I was 10 years ago? The answer should be yes. How about five years ago? How about a year ago? If you see that going in your life, then you understand something. Maybe if I live to be a thousand, <laughs> I can reach that point where I never sin again. But you know what? I'm so much better today by the power of the word of God, and the power of the Holy Spirit. No, no, no kudos given to me. No pats on the back given to me. The pats on the back go to God who provided these things for me that I would sin not. So again, I've been saved, first of all, from the pleasure of sin. Next of all, from the penalty of sin and also from the power of sin. This is what we're going to be talking about in the second half of this broadcast. Let's talk about some things here just and I'll introduce what's going to come in the second half of the broadcast. We've been saved from the power of sin. This is literally progressive. Let me say this. The moment you got born again inside of you instantaneously, it's almost like the rapture. In a moment, the twinkling of an eye, my natural body is going to be turned into a resurrection body. But that's exactly how fast the new birth was. In a 
a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, I went from under Satan's power to under God's power. I went from being a child of Satan to a child of God. I went from being spiritually dead to being spiritually alive. I went from becoming a sinner into a saint. All that happened. And I read one time, uh, this minister had written out everything that happens at the new birth, and there were some 40 things that happened to you the moment you got saved. And we literally learn about these from the day that we're born again. And those 40 things he said about this, interesting, all are unfelt and you don't feel them at all. They're unseen. So these are things that happen on the inside of you. And honestly, you know, five seconds after you're born again, you may say, I don't feel anything. Well, some people do, and, and that's great, but it's not, it's not required in the word of God because you're saved by faith. There's other things that happen in your life as a Christian that there is an outward manifestation, but not in this case of the new birth because it all happens on the inside of you. So salvation is first of all, instantaneously on the inside. But as I work it into my natural daily life, it's progressive. And it's always an unfinished process. God wants you to see yourself at the finished process. And this is called sanctification. And so Proverbs chapter four and verse 18 says this, the path of the just is as a shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day. That's the description of the Christian life is that my path gets brighter and brighter every day because I understand more of the word of God. And then I'm gonna reach the perfect day one day when I'll be standing in heaven with Jesus Christ and all the redeemed saints from this this time on forever and forever. For those of you that are watching today and you're my partners, thank you for being a partner. If you'd like to become a partner, you can go to my website, bobyandian.com and find a way on there where you can become a partner with me in this ministry. I'll see you right after the break. There is no better way to start your day than a few moments spent with Jesus. Begin your day with the Lord and he will teach you about his unconditional love, his goodness, and His endless faithfulness. He will put His own peace and wisdom into your heart. Spend a few moments filling yourself with His Word, and it will guide you through your day, blessing your own life while enabling you to be used by God to help the ones He brings across your path each day. Morning Moments is a compilation of teachings by Pastor Bob Yandian that will inspire and impart God's truth to your heart in just a few moments each day. This 366-day devotional covers a wide range of Bible truth, including healing, wisdom, provision, guidance, protection, and God's unconditional love. To order Morning Moments, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Many years ago, I wrote the book called God's Word to Pastors, and now I have updated it. Many new things I have seen from the Word of God applied into this book, and you're gonna be greatly blessed by it. I'm called to be a pastor, I trust you are too, and you will wanna get this book and become greatly impressed by what Paul had to say to pastors in Acts chapter 20, as well as what Jesus Christ has to say to you today. This is my book, God's Word to Pastors. To order your copy, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, Visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. 
Let me just again remind you, for those of you who'd like to become partners with me in this ministry, that it's a great blessing, not only to me who receives the finances on a monthly basis and your prayers for me and standing in faith with me as you find out what the ministry is doing, where you pray and thank God for the growth that we're having. You become a part of that. Again, I want to thank you for that. But again, if you'd like to become a partner, just go to my website. It'll be a great blessing to have you join this great group of people around me called partners. I call them disciples too. It's almost like the 12 that surrounded Jesus. And I'm so grateful for those that surround me and help with me in my daily life, Christian life here on this broadcast to help advance this ministry. Let's go back to what we were talking about. The new birth is first of all, instantaneously done inside of us. And it's 100%. I'm a 100% Christian on the inside, but God wants me to become a 100% Christian on the outside in my life before the world. And this is the process of sanctification. The verse we quoted before the break was this. Proverbs 4.18 says, the path of the just is as a shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day. My path in this daily life is the light that is on the inside of me, which is brilliantly bright, never will get any brighter, begins to shine more and more on my path until the day that I am taken out of this earth by death or the resurrection of the saints, and I will go to be with Jesus in heaven. And so this is that perfect day we're talking about. And every day, I'm one day closer to that time period. But every day, I want also my life to shine brighter and brighter before the world. What's on the inside comes to the outside. This is spoken of in Philippians, where it says that we are to work out our own salvation. The Greek word kot ergodzomai means to take it from the inside and bring it to the outside. And I'm to bring it to the outside so the world can see my daily walk with Jesus. And this is what I'm in this earth to do, working out my own salvation with fear and trembling to where now the world can look at me and call me a Christian, a little Christ, a little Jesus. All right. And here's what some people think. Here's, let me just go into some of the thinking that people have today as Christians that are literally contrary to the word of God. And I'm not judging these people. I mean, they're maybe raised in a denomination or group of people that think this way, but some have the idea that many think again, that once you are saved, the desire for sin will be removed. And that's just not true. There's always a desire to sin, but understand this. First John chapter one and verse eight verifies this. If we say we have no sin or no desire to sin, we deceive ourselves. There is a desire to sin. And oftentimes when a person gets saved and the euphoria of it dies down a little bit, they say, you know what's interesting? I still want to go back and do some of the things I did. This comes from one thing. There's an area in you called the flesh. It's found within your natural body and your body didn't change. It won't change until the day you die or you're raptured out of here, one of the two. And when this physical body dies, so does the nature of sin that's in it. And so we're found throughout the book of Romans again, that the, and we'll talk about this here in just a moment where the, where this is located, but it simply comes back to this. You do have a desire to sin. Now you have power over it. The new birth on the inside of you happened in your spirit. Then as you daily walk with God and study the word of God and apply it to your daily life, this calls for the renewing of the mind. This is the salvation of the soul, the salvation of your spirit, instantaneous, but the salvation of your soul takes many, many days through your entire lifetime. This is the process of sanctification, bringing it from the inside to the outside. And that comes through the renewed mind. If I can change the thinking from the thinking of Bob into the mind of Christ, that's what's going to cause me to change in the world to see it. 
And that's being literally moved from a convert into a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's God's desire that once we become born again, that we begin to grow in the things of God. This comes from daily study of the word of God, daily prayer, daily applying of the word of God, but even more than that, getting into a church where you're under a minister who teaches you the word of God from a gift that he walks in, a calling that he has. And so many people today don't even want to go to church. They say, I don't need church. I've got Jesus in me. The Bible tells you in in the book of Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25, not to neglect the assembly of yourself together. Listen to what the Greek says, as the habit of many has become. It's simply saying that if you miss a service and miss two or miss three, it starts being a habit in your life. Because why? The flesh doesn't want to go to church. It doesn't want to get out of bed. doesn't want to do all the things of getting prepared to go to church and that you just don't want to do it. But when you get there, you find out the importance of it. You fellowship with saints and you're around those that believe the word of God. So again, many think that once we are saved, the desire to sin will be removed and it is not. The desire is still there. Now you have the power to overcome it. And if I walk in the spirit, I will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So the lusts of the flesh are still there, but now you have power over them. And the more you say no to that power, the less power it has over you. And you begin to realize, I am truly growing the things of God. The Christian walk becomes even easier through the years because I've learned to say no so many times to the desires of the flesh that living for Jesus almost is an unconscious decision. And the next one is this. Some say that when we sin, well, we really haven't sinned because a believer can't sin. Pastor, for a while, you'll find out Christians can sin. There's a verse of scripture that it struck me one day and was talking about that if we don't want to work. And this is talking to Christians. It says, a Christian who says, I don't want to work is worse than an infidel. In other words, even sinners know they should work. It takes a dumb Christian to think, I don't need to go to work. I'm going to sit here and God's just going to supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus when the word of God distinctly tells you to go get yourself a job. So it comes back to this. Notice what the verse says. It says you're worse than an infidel. Only a Christian can sin more than a sinner. And this is talking about a carnal Christian. First John 1.10 says this, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Why? Because the Bible simply says, as a Christian, you do sin. And especially in the beginning, till you start to really grow in the things of God, you'll find yourself committing something and then you feel bad, then you feel guilty. But First John 1.9 simply tells you between verse eight, where we just quoted, and that is we say, if we say we don't have any desire to sin, we deceive ourselves. And verse 10, where if we say, well, I really haven't sinned. And, and oh, I know, I know I did something, but you know what? It really wasn't a sin. I'm a Christian now, so I don't sin. No, it says not only have you sinned, you make God a liar and his word is not in you. Why? Because Christians do sin. You know what the Old Testament is? It's mainly instruction to us from the sins of Abraham, from the sins of David, and especially the sins of Solomon. Yes, they walked with God and we learn from them walking with God, but we also learn from them when they really messed up. And yet David was called a man after God's own heart. And this man after God's own heart committed sin. And, and got a woman pregnant and then murdered her husband. We go down the list of things that happened. And yet again, God had a plan for his life. It comes back to this, believers do sin. Christians do sin, but that's 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, this is speaking to believers, not to sinners. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God's word gives us power over sin. 
God gives us power through the new birth to overcome the nature of sin. And as I pointed out before in this second half of the broadcast, the nature of sin is inside of your skin, inside of your body. That's why it's called the flesh. Another term for the nature of sin is called the flesh. And when you got born again, it's still there. But the new birth on the inside of you is greater. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And the power to walk with God is greater than the power in me to sin. Romans chapter six, verses 12 and 13 says this, let not sin reign in your mortal body. Sin in the singular, but I want you to notice you have the power because you have the choice. Don't let it. It will rise up and desire. And many times it seems like it's very powerful, but there's nothing more powerful than you saying no. And when Satan tempts you, you say no. And especially when you stand on God's word like Jesus did, where three temptations brought out three statements. It is written, it is written, it is written. Romans chapter six, verse 12 says again, let not sin reign in your mortals' bodies that you should obey it and the lusts of it. Neither yield your members. Notice again, it's called your members, your fingers, your hands, your legs. Don't yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness as sin, but yield yourself to God. Romans 13, 14 says this, make not provision for the flesh for the lusts of it. Ephesians 4.22 says, put off the former life. That's the life you used to live. It's still present in your body, but it's been changed completely in your spirit and your soul is being renewed day by day, thinking more like Jesus did to where Ephesians 4.22 says this, put off the former life, the old man, which is corrupt. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 1, having these promises, let us cleanse ourselves. Notice that again. We cleanse ourselves by taking it to the Lord. Of course, it's his blood that cleanses, but we make the choice to do it. And so having these promises, let us cleanse ourselves. So this verse is simply telling, how am I going to walk as Jesus walked? How am I going to display this holiness to the world? How am I going to display the fact that I've been born again to the world? I have to take the temptations of the of my natural life, which are still with me, and take the greater power of the Holy Spirit and the greater power of the Word of God and use it against that and say no. And that's when you truly begin to walk in the Word and walk in the Spirit. Being saved, we have God's power to back our decisions. Do we still have the nature of sin after we're saved? Of course we do, but it's not in our spirit. Our spirit's been made brand new. I came alive in my spirit when I received Jesus as Lord and Savior and spiritual life was given to me. But like I said before, there is a a part of you called the flesh. And the swing vote really comes from your mind. And that is to be spiritually minded. To think in line with your spirit is to walk with God. To be spiritually minded is life, but to be carnally minded, that's thinking in line with the flesh is death. And that's not talking about spiritual death. It's talking about death in your natural life against the things of Satan. And pretty soon, if you don't confess that sin, it can begin to overcome you. The Holy Spirit and the new creation is in our spirits. The sin nature and call sin is in our body. Let me just give you some scriptures. Romans 6.6, 6, Romans 6.12, Romans 6.13, Romans 7.5, Romans chapter 7, verse 23 and 24, all affirm the fact that this nature of sin, which is still in us after the new birth, is in our body, but it can be overcome. And there are those things in us. Galatians chapter 5 and 7 
verse 17 says, the flesh lusts against the spirit, but the whole point of Galatians is the fact in, in every case, by a simple decision to walk with Jesus and standing fast in it, no matter how strong that nature of the flesh is, no matter how strong sin's temptation is in us, we are greater through the Holy Spirit. We strengthen ourselves spiritually by growing in the word. Matthew 4, 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. 1 Peter 2, 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow by it. And 1 Peter 3, 18 says, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So in essence, we feed our souls each day, not just our natural body, we feed our souls and we feed our souls the word of God. To be carnally minded is death. That's what the Word of God says. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So when you feed on carnal things, your attention is focused on it. But when you feed on spiritual things, your attention is focused to that. And that's what we want, spiritual things. This is how you grow, and this is how you become strong in your daily life. Be blessed. I'll see you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.